So then Yago's doing the <laughs> scariest <laughs> moment in movie history. <laughs> no, not true. If we're going with the Lord of the Rings, it's uh, Return of the King when um, Bear, uh, where Faramir's dad is eating that tomato. <laughs> oh yeah, that is that is the scariest piece of cinema. <laughs> and I still want an apology. <laughs> Episode 124. I'm your host Ryan here with the other host Ed. All right. And now we're at a number that's not like kind of confusing when we start the episode. Like, <laughs> so you did it. Like, uh, you know, enjoy that while it lasts until we get to like another weird one of like, oh, what? What? 134? What? What, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're back with another one. Uh, this is the continuation to our previous episode, as we always do. You're, you're used to the format. Hopefully, I mean, Hopefully, if you are a new person, uh, welcome. This is the story we do after we do bios, uh, and then also we do uh, housekeeping, which is always up top. That's right. And uh, you can find, find us everywhere. Listen to us everywhere. Visit us at podcastcore.com. That's C-O-R.com for all of our info, and then email us at the same name at gmail.com. Follow us on all the platforms, because that helps us with discoverability. We appreciate it. Uh, and leave a like and comment. Uh, but the easiest way is word of mouth. That's how we've gotten this far. We don't really have advertisement. So tell a friend to sacrifice for the greater good by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. The greater good. One <laughs> of us. Like <laughs> One, One of us. <laughs> One of us. Prepare to be assimilated. <laughs> and, you know, by assimilation, we're going to continue talking about the greatest loner of Oliver and Tara, which is Rice. The man Eat your who heart refuses. out, Twisted Fate. Here's a true nomad. <laughs> That's a deep cut. If you listen to our Twisted Fate episode, you would understand. Um, let's do it. An old friend. <laughs> uh, and because this is a story involving Rise and an R show covering Runeterra lore, and this is an old friend, it could only go well. Yeah, this is a good vignette, right? Um, similar to we recently did our vain story monsters, and it's like a little quest, right? It's like, hey, let's follow her and see what she does in her day-to-day. And this is kind of the same with Rise, except, you know, Rise's mission is a bit more important than Vayne, uh, for lack of better terms. But we start with Rise traveling through the Freljord, um, which is a great place to put him compared to all of the stories we've heard at this point, he's been in other parts of Runeterra. So this really solidifies he's on a mission and he pulls up to this gate of in a dangerous troll infested area. And then guards kind of rush up to inspect him. And he tells them, I've come to see Yago. It's urgent. Yeah. And as far as like with the guards inspecting him, uh, like the, we get in the first paragraph, like a bit of scenery here. So we know that, that Rise isn't just in the frail yard. He is kind of out in the frail yard. Like yeah. this is, it's not like he's gone up to a city 
and asking for admittance to go see Yago. Like, this is a small nomadic village in the middle of nowhere in a Freudian winter. So everybody's kind of on edge. And it even starts with saying that Rise would be, you know, he'd be freezing his butt off if he wasn't so on edge himself, too. So that that's the stage that we were set up in before we even get to see Yago. And he's also juiced to the gills with magic. Like, <laughs> I doubt his, the way he works for him is different, probably. Yeah. I, well, I mean, like, the, the whole juice to the gills thing, like, this is at the point where Rise's uh, appearance has already been changing because it even says it's like he lowered his cloak enough to show his violet, his violet skin. So it's like, yeah, he's juiced. <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of rules of physics don't apply to him anymore. <laughs> So Rise goes through the gate. They let him through because they see it. It's like, oh, fuck, it's the Rune Mage. He even has a name, right? And Rise is well known. He, at this point, he's respected in most hostile regions of Rune Terror because they know what he's about. And the villagers, villagers still stare hard at him kind of as he's walking through. But he doesn't leave a step. Like people are asking questions. He's answering them. But he's trudging, trudging along, right? He's not really mincing words because he's here to do a thing and then leave. Uh, so he heads on pace to the rare fortification. And this is kind of where our first part ends. And uh, and another part of this is that because of we know that this is a good amount of years since the beginning of Rise's journey that we covered in his bio. Um, and with all the work that he's done in trying to secure these world rooms, a lot of really bad things have happened because of people's greed. What? And a lot of people have died. So it makes sense that he's not mincing his words with these people because he's uh, like, bro, I'm not going to form any connections with anyone anymore. Yeah. Like, screw that. <laughs> exactly. So inside this fortification, so in part two, you know, we like to tell our stories in three parts. Uh, he enters the fortification and there's an old frost mage just enjoying some wine. And Rise can feel the dread in the pit of his stomach um, as Iago kind of runs up and hugs him like he's a brother. Uh, and they kind of spend some time eating, drinking, laughing, and catching up. Uh, but Yago finally says, hey, why the fuck are you here? And that's right. when uh, things change. <laughs> yeah, and and I do like the passage as far as leading up to Yago uh, inquiring why Rise is there. Because it kind of solidifies like that previous statement of mine where you know Rise is not trying to connect with people because of the tragedies that he's witnessed in his journeys to try to s gather all the world runes. So it's like, oh, there's all, it even says that he's let his guard down around, around Yago. And then as soon as Yago asks, it's like, oh, right, I still have a job to do and you're not going to like it. <laughs> yeah, we, we want to keep in mind that when we establish our champions and kind of give you more of who they are, um, if they are human, Rise was a human. That's something we always like to emphasize on and still is um, compared to like our celestials and our demonic beings and all that stuff when it comes to the type of magic we're dealing with. And he has the things humans need, like connections. He, he has those standard things, but he's had to sacrifice that for this ultimate mission. Um, so him watching good. him getting, getting to actually, like you said, 
conversate with Yago, and you can see that there was something there. It's very, it's very reminiscent of Game of Thrones. If you watch Game of Thrones and how they do their character development, this happens where you have a portion of time where very important figures um, have a change of motive, and then when they fall back into their friendship or whatever, then the real world kind of sets in, and this is where we're at. Yeah, and I think that's like most like if we're going off the Game of Thrones True. angle, I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan, so you're gonna have to help me with the names. Uh, but uh, uh, the um, oh crap, who, they're the all Jon Snow. Everyone is Jon Snow. Okay, so when Jon Snow uh-huh. is like you know kind of traveling around, meeting up with like like after he's broken up with Jon Snow, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's trying to like help Jon Snow take Perfect. over, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I'm but following. no, like uh, uh, Peter Dinklage's character. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, Tyrion. I think Tyrion is like probably the best example from Game of Thrones of that. Yes. Where, um, like yeah. he, uh, so he, like, there's a lot of times where like he's always got like a goal in mind. Mm-hmm. And then, but then like that goal sometimes gets changed or most of the time it just gets delayed. And it's because of these connections that he keeps making on a human level and it's like well crap i i can't i can't ignore the humanity <laughs> great that's actually a great comparison yeah. Um, so yeah rise tells him about so and rise even uses a lighter touch here so rise to us kind of explains he's like you know what i have to be a hard ass i'm on this mission that's going to take resolve but here we've seen him use a light touch with Yago because he tells him a story about Sharima. And we know if it's a Shariman story. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> There's a point to this story. And he tells them about a tribe he found of nomads uh, that used a rune for damn night overnight building a kingdom. So their own personal gain. He went to them, requested they hand it over. They resisted, and he had to do what must be done for the greater good. And he tells this to Yago, and Yago, I mean, he's a mage. He's pretty smart. He knows immediately what's going on. Yep. And, and like, this is where we also kind of get a reveal of why this remote tribe has a, a world runestone is not necessarily because they knew what it was, but because they found an object that had some interaction with the trolls of the Freljord. And it would keep the trolls at bay. And trolls are really scary. <laughs> you remember, yeah. like, we just covered, uh, not covered trolls, but we talked a little bit about trolls with um, with our Vane episode, which is yeah. the most recent one. But we do talk about them in our Trundle episode as well. And, like, trolls are terrifying. Like, they set up traps to eat people. Yeah. So, yeah, like, if you're going to be a nomadic tribe in the land of trolls... Anything that keeps trolls away from you to where it's just not your problem is wonderful. And that's why these guys have it. And this is where Rice kind of ends up having a bit of a dilemma because, you know, Yago was able to kind of spark that little bit of humanity left. But he does stay true to his mission, which is like, no, Yago, like, uh, how many people are in this village compared to how many people are out in the world? And yeah. we have to protect everyone. That's a great point. I mean, if it makes it easier for you as a listener, when you hear trolls, just think orcs. That's probably the easiest way to do a <laughs> yeah. one It's probably an orc of any fantasy genre, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So they go back and forth, like Hetch mentioned, and Yago's pleading about the rune at first that, you know, this is the only thing keeping this village safe in this very dangerous 
area and rises like i've heard this story i gave you time to find a plan and to move these people and you didn't and slowly over the conversation you can see yago shift from pleading to demanding to damn near grim and harsh and rise is seeing slowly that the reason part of his friend is gone there is no reasoning and this takes us into part three yeah, and this is where we also kind of get a bit more of an idea of what these world runes kind of do to people is the transition of Yago in these conversations because he is he is starting off as far as reasoning with a friend and his friend is reasoning back and giving very good reason and logic to the, his argument. And then it is... Like, the way it's written is, like, oh, there's a change in his face, so it kind of gives off that vibe of, like, Bilbo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings movies the with the page. ring. I was just yep. to say the same thing, yeah. Just... So then Yago's doing the... <laughs> <laughs> Scariest <laughs> moment in movie history. <laughs> no, not true. If we're going with the Lord of the Rings, it's uh, Return of the King when um, Bear, uh, where Faramir's dad is eating that tomato. Oh yeah! That is that is the scariest piece of cinema, <laughs> and I still want an apology. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rise gives it one less shot, one last shot against his better judgment. And as soon as he like the words leave his mouth, he notices he's on the ground and he's in severe pain and he's writhing, drooling from the mouth. And he sees Yago is fucking casting magic like his fingers are crackling with power. And in the last minute, Rise roots him in place so he can get up. And then a clash begins. You essentially have some a little bit of Sakuga um, magic here. Uh, and it brings down this thick ice fortress around them and crumbling. And he has to dig himself out from under it. And like th this is this is kind of like really kind of setting the tone as far as the power of Rise at this point of his journey mm -hmm. and compared to like the power of other magic users in the world around them. And so with this, we we do know as far as like at the at the end of this, like Rise is the first one up. Uh, but we don't know if this is because of the world stone or if it is just like Yago's ability to begin with. But we have yeah. to assume it's the world stone because we know that Rise's life has been prolonged with, with because of the stones. And Yago is able to kind of fight him a, a toe to toe for a little bit. Yeah. Like, and, and that's also a frost mage, too. Yeah, so it's like it's like that's we that's the level of destruction that's like held with just in this one little fight, right? Mm -hmm. And it basically destroys an entire church because they're in like a little ice uh, yeah. magic temple. Mm -hmm. So the whole structure comes down, and then Rise gets finally gets back on his feet, but he sees Yago digging. What could he be He's digging for? The glocky ba. Get that <laughs> you know, I keep that thing on me. <laughs> Where the fuck is my gun? <laughs> Listen, if you're having a discussion with someone and they start digging in drawers and shit, get the fuck out the house. Leave. <laughs> Leave. You've lost the argument. <laughs> Uh, 
Yeah, he starts digging, and Rai's like, fuck this, pulls his belt off, jumps at him, and garrotes him, <laughs> and chokes him on assassin style. <laughs> that was, and let me tell you something, this is how you know, like, even in these short stories, like, these writers are putting in effort, because in no world was I expecting for Rise yes. to, like, you know, Agent 47 garrote this man. <laughs> like, it just, it just this chokes is, him to death. It's it. This is great writing because with everything we've talked about, Rise usually in his disputes where he has to physically confront. So oh, I say physically, it's magic, but you get what I'm saying. When he has to confront someone, it starts with magic, but it gets real messy at the end, right? And I love mage fights where they go to toe to toe and it kind of you know spans out a bit, and then they're just punching the shit out of each other because they're still physical beings at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it's like they're they're flesh and bone. They're entirely tapped out. Yeah. Um, and and I, I know that I love it specifically being like a video game fan because it's like, yeah, he ran out of mana. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he, he ran out of mana. It's like you never want to be the guy that runs out of mana first, but luckily he had him down to like single digit HP. So <laughs> yeah. the worked. Like, I, I love that depiction. He cracks but, him over the head with a wand. Yeah, but now, like now with Yago like officially dead, and it's even written that like Rise feels no remorse. Yeah, because of the fact that he went so feral that it's like my friend Yago is already dead. I'm not killing Yago. I'm just killing this obstacle in the way of my journey. And he finds the box that Yago's digging for. It does indeed have the stone that he was there to get. And then, like John Wick style, just <laughs> like, like limping away, like all these broken bones and crap. Just like, oh, time to leave. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect because John Wick fights tend to end the same way. When you're out of bullets and all that shooting expertise goes out the window and you've been wailing on each other for a while, that end of most John Wick fights are very just, hey, get the job done and then limp away. Yep. And that's what Rise does. He he limps away. And uh, the interesting thing here is that when he leaves, it is the first when he first enters the village, it's talking about these uh, these hardened warriors that are looking at Rise, looking for an excuse to keep him from coming into their village. And now they the same faces are just terrified. Yeah. Like, which one makes sense because he blew up the church. Um, I, I want to be like, you know, kind of chomping at the bit to deal with that guy. Yeah. Uh, but then it also makes sense because like, oh, well, we suddenly have a much bigger problem than just this guy getting out of this village because now we have nothing to stop the trolls. Yeah. Because that, that's the only reason that he would blow up the church. Right. Like it, yeah. so everybody knows. Uh, but so unlike the John Wick movies, he is able to just start limping away with very little resistance. Whereas the John Wick movies, it seems like everybody is like checking his cell phone, being like, oh, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as he's walking away, you have like an old grandmother ask him, you know, what are we to do? And he tells them fucking leave. Uh, and there's that young boy from earlier. Um, is like, hey, can we just come with you? And Rise knew that wasn't an option. Like he didn't tell the, he didn't answer the boy at all. Um, the same way he came in, he left. He did not stop walking. Uh, but as he walked, not giving him an answer, he knew as he left through the 
the snow, their their fate was sealed. He knew what was going to happen to them. He knew there was no saving them. But ultimately, his goal was to save others. And yep. that was the mission and mission complete, unfortunately. Yeah. And for me, as far as like the end of the story, like we keep comparing it to a lot of other stories, but like this ending is much more like Witcher-esque. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, there's just because you made the right decision Damn, doesn't mean you're crushing it with the reference. <laughs> I had to fucking shoot from half court this whole game. <laughs> hey, when ball is life, you know? <laughs> but but I mean like the the thing is is that Rise no he can leave there and he in reality, he should be able to leave with his head held high because yeah. he did do the right thing. He did what is best for the world because the, he is the kind of character that is dealing with the galaxy level threat yep, and not just this village. The, if this village has to go for the galaxy to be not saved, so be it. Uh, but it doesn't mean he has to feel good about it. And yeah. boy, does he not feel good about Still it. Like yeah. There is a, an entire sentence that is just take them, protect them, forget about the rest of the world. And Jesus. that is you know, like, that is the thoughts that he is just crushing down to be able to walk away and do what, do the right thing. Yeah. So it's heavy. <laughs> it is. It is. And unfortunately that's where we're leaving this episode. So as always, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah. And remember, if somebody digs through their drawer while you're arguing, <laughs> just leave. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs> oh,